Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, State Farm, and WeatherTech. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, Brian Robinson. Hello and welcome to podcast number 169. Joining me around this oddly shaped blanket covered table is our uh, road test producer, Ben Davis. Hey guys. Our online content coordinator, Greg Carlos. Hello. And, of course, our video producer, editor, podcast uh, producer, Joe Lago. The the blankets for sound absorption. <laughs> okay. That's also a barrel of Also wiping your nose, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Now that we've cleared that up, uh, what we got coming up today is a look through some recent road test vehicles we've been in. Of course, our lightning round and uh, a viewer question. And maybe a little rant and or rave for you. I got one, too. Oh, man. Save it. Save it. Before we get there, we're going to look at a couple Fords that Greg has recently been behind the wheel of. Uh, Mustang, we'll start there. Yeah, just got back from Malibu. Nice little trip Mm -hmm. out there. Um, Yeah, so the Mustang, uh, it seems like it hasn't been that long since the new one came out, but it has been a couple years, so... Naturally, with the current automotive industry, it's that's long overdue for a, a mid-cycle refresh. This is actually more than just a facelift. Um, yeah, the front end looks a little bit different. The rear end looks different. You can get some LEDs up front and behind the rear. Um, yeah, but now they're keeping up with the Camaro with horsepower. They've added some horsepower and torque. Um, and they got rid of an engine, didn't they? There's, there's, there's no yeah, more V6? So, right. I don't know if they completely got rid of it. That's something I... Yeah, I think they still have it, but it's mainly like it's not the base, fleets. And it's stuff. not the base engine anymore. It's hard to even find them. Yeah. The EcoBoost is the base engine, and that actually gets a boost oh, in torque too. Awesome. Already a torquey engine. <clears throat> yeah, it's um, driving it. I remember being won over by the the EcoBoost we drove probably a year ago. I guess I mean, we a, all loved it, Ben. Especially. I love that car. Yeah, I yeah. Went, we drove it with a uh, auto, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and the the automatic transmission is now at ten speed. Um, is that a dual clutch auto? No, no. it's just a standard um, torque converter. It's the same co-developed GM, with, yeah, GM, with GM, yeah, which is yeah. very odd to think yeah. that Ford and GM built a get transmission together. Can you get an EcoBoost with a manual? You can get an EcoBoost yeah. with a manual, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's no new engines; they just bumped up the horsepower. Correct. Yeah. Now. Still, you get the five liter, and you still get the EcoBoost engine. Um, like I said, torque goes up in the EcoBoost, which is cool even though it really didn't need a torque boost because that thing had a lot of torque already. And uh, the Mustang GT goes up in horsepower and torque. You also get an available active um, exhaust valve mode, um, which basically is uh, it offers uh, maybe four modes, and one of them is for when you're going into your neighbor. I think they even call it like good neighbor mode. Nice. Where if you're, you don't want <laughs> to anger all your neighbors with your with your awesome sounding five liter. And it does sound, I'm not being facetious, it does sound really good. Um, but if you want to quiet it down, you can, and it gets really quiet. <clears throat> so I can attest to that. Then you have sport and track mode, and it gets real loud and, and things like that. Um, drove it for a while. I didn't drive it as much as I drove the Expedition, which I'll be talking about later. Um, has the new 10-speed automatic transmission. It seems like there are a lot... There are a lot of gears, and you know that there are a lot of gears, especially in this application. Between the uh, the rev matching on the downshifts, there's just a, a ton of noise associated with downshifts. And it seems like it's not hunting for gears, but when I would get into 
a mode where I'd want to accelerate, it seems like it would go from like, let's say eight to fourth really quickly. But then right after it chooses fourth, it would second guess itself and maybe go down <laughs> into third. So it's, it's weird because it's not like a gear hunting situation. It just sometimes it second guesses itself, but like the shifts themselves. Up its mind. Yeah, it's. I don't know if I'm explaining it the right way, but that's the way it felt to me. Um, I'll just have to watch a road test of it. And yeah, I'll explain it better. Uh, but we need to get it out on track. See if it does a better job than for sure. Yeah, Camaro's performance pack, and you can now. I think there's a level two performance pack. Also, you can get uh, magnetic uh, dampers. Uh, I think you could only get those on the GT350. Originally, now you can get them on a GT. Awesome. So does this swing things back into, like, in your eyes, into in back to Mustang or like which would you prefer Mustang or Camaro from a daily driver standpoint I'd have to go with Mustang just because the comfort inside is better you can see better um but I'd have to take it to a track to really compare because we have taken Camaros to the track and they're just it's it's hard to beat a Camaro honestly on a track um I did like that GT350 on the track a quick question because I just love EcoBoost Mustang so Mm. much um it's what's the what is the how far is it off the um uh, Focus RS, uh, EcoBoost motor. It's the same size. It's the same motor, right? But two point three liter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As from what I remember, that had three fifty horse in the mm-hmm. RS. That's a good. You know, I don't remember the EcoBoost numbers on it right now. I don't know if Joe can look it yeah, up I'll on his fancy up. telephone. Thanks, guys. Sorry, I'll um, look them up on my dumb phone here. And I was, we guys, are just curious. It'd be awesome if it was the same. Or I'm sure with a few hundred bucks, you could get there. Well, well, before right. we get to that, uh, what other Ford uh, were you driving? The Drove the Expedition, which is probably maybe even uh, bigger news than the Mustang because it is all new. It's been about 10 years since the Expedition was redone. Um, this one gets a 3.5-liter twin-turbo EcoBoost, 400 horsepower, 480 pound-feet of torque. Very similar to the Raptor motor. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very similar because it also has the 10-speed automatic transmission. Um, You don't get paddle shifters like you do in a a Raptor, but who really cares in an Expedition? Um, It's, God, it's such a big SUV. I forgot about that. They don't don't make many like that anymore. It's still still a truck-based SUV, not a crossover. Body-on-frame SUV. Did they add a lot of aluminum stuff since it's F-150 shares some of the F-150s? Yep. Aluminum body. Keeping up with the stuff. new Ford scheme of, of aluminum bodies, yes, it's uh, mostly aluminum body. Still a steel frame, but they claim to have lost 300 pounds overall. But then I think they're a little bit vague on, um, I don't. again, I don't have the weight numbers in front of me, but I think they just put that weight back into other places of the car, like connectivity. Sure, sure yeah. So you get Wi-Fi. And, right. Yeah. There's USB ports in each row, which is huge nowadays. Um, I know ben, ben likes that. Benny D likes that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody does. Ten speed in this super. application, super smooth. Uh, really in the background, which is where you want the transmission. Um, a ton of leg room. It has segment leading reg ro- leg room in, oh, the, <laughs> <laughs> in the second row and third row. Third row is still not somewhere you want to hang out for a lot of your time in the car but, but it's, it's can bigger be there. than like a crossover with a third yeah row, for right? sure I mean, like for a sure. real person could fit in there not just a kid yeah and then you can also get the extended wheelbase <laughs> kids version aren't still. real people <laughs> a real adult person uh, sorry on. for the mm. lack of so is there any reason that you would buy it over a suburban uh probably just looks and I, you can't get a v8 in it you mm. all you get is the v6 the, the eco boost um it just comes down to in a segment like this where, yeah, people want it's going to come down to the engine and it's going to come down to interior comfort. 
because nobody really cares how it drives, honestly. Yeah, it's 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 big and heavy. You're not going to be driving it as fast as you can. So it's going to come down to, um, and it seems like they've got connectivity on par or maybe even better than uh, Chevy right now. Um, it's just personal preference, honestly, and uh, if you're a Ford person or a Chevy person. But the price, I mean, I remember I just looked at it. It's between like fifty and eighty grand. It's a lot of money. That is a ton of money for a three. If you want a three-row SUV, and then you got to wonder, can I get a minivan for less money? Yeah, they're not that much less. To be honest with you, that last uh, Odyssey Elite we had in was pushing fifty, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So nice, so, nice vehicle, nice ride. Uh, it's just a matter of preference. Yeah, that thing is that thing is large. Just the press photos that you sent. Yeah, back. they also have <laughs> a um, so big. Do they still have the EL version or whatever? Like yeah, the long. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can still get the long wheelbase yeah. on every trim, and then there's also an FX4 um, trim, which oh, is an off-road package. Uh-huh. Electronic limited slip diff, um, different driving modes. You get some all-terrain tires, different wheels, and things like that. So, if you're into off-roading your expedition, then there's a choice for you. See, the thing I'm excited, and I know you're all going to laugh. The thing I'm excited is to see the Navigator, which is going to have similar updates, chassis, engine, body updates to that, uh, except a lot more luxurious. And then the nice thing is, this time around, they don't quite look like they were just carbon copies off of each other. Like they copied each other's homework. Right. Like the styling's enough different. That they you you know at first glance they don't look like the same vehicle with different grills, mm-hmm. so but I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. That we will, Joe. That we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, Mercedes Benz G five fifty. Speaking uh, of large SUVs, yeah. four four by, by four, four squared. Is that is that the official way to pronounce it? Four yeah. by four squared. Uh-huh. What makes it uh, a squared version of a four by four? It has the sixteen wheel drive portal uh, portal axles on it thing with the ridiculous spring over lift and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, explain what that means. <clears throat> uh, portal, portal axle, um, it, it takes your, when you look at a traditional axle and it has your differential housing that hangs lower than the, your axle shafts, portal axle takes everything and slaps it on top, not only slaps it on top of those drive shafts, but the drive shafts or the, the shaft tubes from the axle housing themselves don't terminate at the center of the hub. They are, in fact, raised above as well. And then there's some kind of gear reduction. So there are gear system out by the wheel that that um, takes up the space behind the wheel. So your shaft tubes going to the wheels are pretty much at the top of the rim. So you have a tremendous oh, okay. amount of ground clearance. So it gives you so it gives you way more ground clearance by keeping than all a traditional of the axle, axle differential would. stuff. All of the stuff further yeah. up. Yeah. Into the chat, into the car, and in this case, it was pretty much the top of the rim, is where all that stuff so was. So, how much yeah. actual ground clearance do you have then? I mean, that sounds insane. I think it was 18 inches on that thing. I don't remember for you sure. You could drive over a, a toddler with actually. That thing. I think the thing Not holding it back was that bar on the rear and the, um, oh, the departure angle. Yeah, yeah, it had, the that bumper. suffered <laughs> the legality bumper. Yeah, yes. sure. How many owners are gonna do, for people who haven't seen the pictures? This is horribly ugly, like bumper that hangs down like an extra foot to make it legal i guess for street use how many owners are going to tear that off the minute they get it i would it's ugly too but the rest of the car the rest of the oh yeah it's great i mean i've had a couple lifted jeeps in my lifetime and you get something up that high and inherently you'll get a lot of wandering and uh and lightness in the steering but this thing was super crisp on center and it was rock stable at like 
I mean, I think it's an eight-speed auto in that thing, if I'm not mistaken. Or seven, 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 seven. Speed. I I took it to the beach and I was doing 85 in some stretches and uh, on the beach. Or on the highway 85 on the highway. Oh, Thanks, uh, sir. Thanks I'm for the clarification. I'm imagining uh, Benny D with a surfboard. Do 85 on the beach. Say surfboard on top of your G wagon, just cruising down the beach, throwing I was, sand. Well, I was teaching the kid how to ride waves, so I had boogie boards. But yeah, nice. and, and uh, you could you could just haul and it would just track super straight and. It was like driving a, Mercedes, a regular Mercedes sedan on the highway. Because the inside was still, you know, leather clad and highly luxurious yeah. as well, Diamond right? stitching pleated, everywhere. Pleated suede and, yeah, suede headliner. Very luxurious. Very and luxurious. it was over 200 grand, if I remember correctly. Right? Uh, I think Close it was to like it, yeah. a good bit over. Yeah, like, it was like 250 or so, I think base price is 123 and uh, this one was one of the nicer ones. Yeah. I mean, so. and it had side ed- exit exhaust. I mean, it was visually extremely dynamic. Um, they could have been a little louder for me. Take it back but... to your high school reunion vehicle. Is that what? Yeah, I mean, it depends because I took it down to Ocean City and it was a car show down there that weekend. So I had all eyes on it and people were passing me, you know, would take a video of me as they passed. But I did feel a little pretentious. But I, I could get over it pretty quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is. How many USB ports did it have? <laughs> you know, in a vehicle like that, it doesn't even matter because yeah. you're just you're just taking in all the gawkingly admirable, cool energy that people when your are phone wishing dies, they were you. And if you, if you can afford a G wagon, when your phone dies, you just buy a new phone. You don't even plug it in. It's right? funny you say that because I had a different driving experience. I felt like self conscious the entire time. <laughs> Maybe um, it's just a difference in personality, but I the way of people not people like just looking at me while. I'm driving the car. Oh. Environmentalists yeah. scowling right, yeah. at I you. Can, I can feel the hatred of people who either like want to be me or just hate yeah. that I'm driving that car. It was funny because I was in a backup on the way home, right? And I had tons of people looking at me and anything like that. But my kid was getting a kick out of it because there's so much torque. I would just like drop the gas a little bit and then rock the brake. And on that thing, when you come to a stop, normally <laughs> the thing kind of pitches back and forth a little bit. So I was just... Like exploiting down the- <laughs> that in, a, in in stop and go traffic like Just this seesawing every yeah. time you hit the brakes people were going crazy and a lot of people that talked to me thought it was on airbags and they were asking me if it could like hop and stuff like that <laughs> oh my well that was i know seeing it in here it's one of those things that uh, just I, just so imposing you walk past it in the parking lot and look up at it it's like yeah if you're taking pictures, presence. Of it, you need something to scale it because it it never portrays as large as it is in a picture. A raptor, because that thing was crazy tall. I mean, yeah. And that, that's I think what did it for me is you see it in pictures, and it doesn't seem that tall. But it's for me to get up in there, it was like a, I had to get a ladder. It was insane. <laughs> what about you? Took it off road briefly. I mean, soft road. Oh briefly. yeah, I did some high speed field crossing and stuff, and it was. Um, <laughs> The footage looked really cool. Yeah, but in that in that case, you you need a little wallow in your uh, steering and and stuff like that to really feel super confident. Um, so mm. make no doubt about it, this thing is capable. Is but uh, the it's the current setup that it had was pretty much for street use. I mean, yeah, sure. I would get a lot more sidewall if I was going to be all, mainly off road. Right, you're not going to rock crawl in twenty inch rims. Yeah, with carbon uh, fiber fenders. Do. <laughs> and, and side exit exhausts like you would a <laughs> pancake that exhaust against a frame. Uh, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> Time Brian's for our lightning round and got another long one here for you, so bear with us. 
The uh, Department of Motor Vehicles of the state of Texas recently outlawed rebodied vehicles, which include dune buggies, kit cars, and other heavily modified vehicles based on mass-produced vehicles. Owners have received letters revoking their car's titles and requesting they hand in their license plates. Say it ain't so. The Texas DMV says these vehicles lack key safety components for on-road use. So was this the right move for Texas, or is there a better way to handle this? Should dune buggies and other rebodied cars be allowed on public roads? Mm. Who's going first? I think Benny's ready. All right. All right. right. You got 30 seconds. Okay. Grant, there has definitely got to be a better way to handle this in Texas. This is a completely lame, lame move. Um, Just un-American as you can get. Good. Uh, I mean, if you want to do it, then make a different class or like a mo- I mean, a motorcycle's not safe. Are they next? Come on. Give them an inch, you're going to take a Texas mile. Ooh. Wow. That was good. Someone was prepared for that. That was, yeah. a, free- that was a freestyle, too. Nice. All right. Who's next? Um, sure. I'll take it. All righty. Go for it. I don't it. know if I even have 30 seconds worth. Um, my fr- Even before Ben started talking, I kind of always felt that dune buggies are kind of unsafe on the road um and just look at them and it doesn't seem safe but ben brought up a good point i mean motorcycles are every bit as dangerous if not more dangerous but i just don't see how you can just all of a sudden make a rule and say okay we're taking you you have to turn your keys in essentially that to me is just not the right way to handle it on the dot man you hit 30 so i'll I'll go next i'll say pro it's hard for me to judge. I don't live in Texas. Maybe dune buggy. Maybe there's a lot of dune buggies down there. Maybe it. Are, you know, I'd look at the stats. Are there a lot of accidents? Are there? Are they an actual problem, or is this just some legislator that's like salty because his neighbor has a dune buggy? Well, everything you just said could. Oh, sorry. I'd say I'd say look at the data. Look at the data. Is it an actual problem, or is this just like a personal problem that the person who made the law made? And then I I like the idea. Maybe a separate class. Maybe you have to wear a helmet. Maybe they have to undergo a different kind of inspection. But like taking the plates back. Not for it. Yeah, of all states that you would think this would happen, you would not think Texas would be one of them. But America. So it's kind of surprising. But, yeah, I would have to go with the, you know, come up with a special class. Maybe people that have them already grandfather them in, you know, that kind of. But, yeah, just to go looking for people's tags. That's I can't imagine that's going to fly. You should see some of the cars that drive on the roads in California because they don't have right, like inspections modified. like we do, do they? <laughs> Or at least, or they're way more lenient because I see some cars that should not even be on the road or near a road. I hear you. I don't know why, but I was thinking of South Park, and I was thinking they took her tags. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was gonna say, Brian, you've driven three wheelers, auto cycles, that kind of. I mean, do you think it would be easy enough to make dune buggies into a class like that, where you have to wear a helmet or? Um. I mean, anything can be done. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's that many dune buggies or rebodied vehicles that it's that big a deal, but I don't know. Apparently. I mean, if you're allowed to drive a Model A on the road, surely that's as dangerous as a dune buggy, right? Amen. Probably more so. Unsafe at any speed, I would say. Anything with a six-volt system is dangerous. <laughs> uh, moving Drum, on to our four-wheel manual drums. viewer question uh, comes from Jeff. Uh, no, uh, undetermined location. We need to purchase an SUV that can tow up to 5,000 pounds for our boat. We tow it about eight times a year on one-hour trips, and we do not need three-row seating. 
We would like to have a nice luxury SUV that is reliable and not too expensive. We are considering the Volkswagen Touareg and the Acura MDX. What are your thoughts on these two vehicles or others? Anybody? Grand Cherokee. Get like a lightly used one with a 5.7 liter Hemi. I mean, because he says he doesn't want a third row. And Correct. You think that's luxurious enough? I mean, if you get it in one of the Overland trims or True one of story. the other things, one of the higher-end trims. Uh, I understand reliability might give some people pause, it being a Chrysler product, whatever. But, I mean, those Hemi engines, people seem – they. I don't hear a lot of horror stories about people with Hemis. I mean, they use Ram trucks with Hemis and don't, don't have any problem with them. So, When I heard that question in my mind um, before I knew what he was considering, I had already made up that I would – I'd, I was thinking, ah, I'd just tow that with a Q5. So I think you're right in the, in the ballpark with the Touareg. I don't think the Q5 tows 5,000 pounds, does it? Oh, uh, yeah. I'd have to check uh, that uh, out yeah, for sure. But 5,000 is not that hard to achieve these days. Right, yeah. It's, I think it depends more on the um, the body than, like, the, the engine. You know, Usually, yeah, wheelbase is, is the big thing that jumps it from 35 to 5,000. Uh, what do you think, Greg? Uh don't really have much of an opinion because I don't tow much, and I'm haven't driven an MDX in a while, and I haven't driven a Touareg in a while. So I'm going to defer to everybody building, else's. When did they stop building the Touareg? Because they don't make that anymore. 2017 was last year, and I actually just looked at uh, buying one uh, myself. The diesel V10 Touareg. Well, <laughs> you can. There are still 2016 diesels out there that a lot of dealers have that they had the stop sale put on, uh, which are should be coming available pretty soon. Probably get a good deal on those. Uh, the one thing that kept me from getting one is just, as Joe kind of hinted out, the reliability issue. I mean, I don't – the Touaregs for the price are very luxurious, but and I don't think they've been that unreliable. But um, just if you're comparing the Japanese Acura to the German Volkswagen, uh, as far as reliability, you're going to be much better off with the Acura to going down the road. And uh, I've towed with an MDX before. Uh, they do really well. The only other thing, you can get a pilot almost as luxurious as the MDX. For, sure. Uh, save yourself a few grand if you're worried about that. Yeah, that's the luxury question for me, line. I thought, yeah. is, you know, luxury, it's it's how luxurious do you want it to actually be? Because, like you said, a higher-level VW yeah. or a higher-level higher Jeep, you can still get them to be pretty nice. So, hope that helps there, Jeff. Uh, anything... Anybody have a rant or rave or anything on your mind? Benny D, you had one I've got earlier. a super rant, but I could oh, save it for the next one rant. if I've been talking too much. No, no, I, I want to hear it. No such thing. Buckle up, guys. The anticipation. <clears throat> I'll first preface this because I know Brian Robinson is going to say, Cheesh, Benny D, are you ever satisfied? <laughs> but anyway. Can't get no satisfaction. I used to gripe about touch controls for stereos, tune knobs, and volume knobs. And now that manufacturers are changing their mistakes and we're getting the sticks, uh, or the, we're getting the um, the knobs back. I I don't know why, for the life of me, people are adopting the old traditional two stick uh, One on system. Each side. Where, yeah, because now there's no standard size to keep people from separating the distance between the two. And I was just in the Accord and the tune knob is, it might as well be in the passenger side glove box. You well, know, it's it so is far away. unbelievably <laughs> far away. Well, you, you put a 12 inch screen between. Uh, can I talk the, here, Joe? Well, sorry. I, wow. I agree with you. I saw. I, wow. It's his rant. It's his rant. You're diffusing my rant. All right. Sorry. And I looked at these buttons on the Accord. The one close to me, all it does is turn it on and turn the volume up. And that's it. 
volume knob. Right? And the far one tunes and scrolls. So why can't I have a two-stage knob with an outer ring that tunes and the inner ring that powers and hits volume both are right next to me? That's what I want. Make it happen. So, so there's no reason knob, for me. Knobs back to one knob. I need one knob to do it all. Things. And let's face it, guys, we can make that happen. Come on, none of these are controlled to any mechanical thing. We can make that happen. And if it and if for some reason it has to be two knobs, stack them one on top of the other. Hmm. On my side, I don't care about symmetry and somebody beauty. Somebody has done that. I, I have. Mean, maybe somebody Maserati. has done it. Who? It was. It was an I FCA it was system. B, I oh, thought. was it? Yeah, I could have Some, sworn it was like... I thought it was like BMW, but I do remember it happening, and that's how it needs to go down I'm if you can't like make it one knob. mid-90s Buick Centuries yeah, had something like that, yeah, where yeah, there was a... The outer knob. The yeah, outer and yeah, the inner knob. Simple. Yeah. Simple and right there. All right, well, okay, I'm sure every manufacturer is listening right now. Why so. are there no tuned knobs on steering wheels? You got great volume knobs on, I think... Um, oh, yeah. What, who, a lot it, of stuff. Some of them have uh, arrows that go through the presets. Volvo. That you can set that to actually tune, uh, be a seek instead of going through presets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's see. That's something I think is lost on us a lot of the time, admittedly, because we're in and out of different cars, and most people do have their presets, which are really what you should be using. Because yeah. how many people listen to more than? Because now you can preset like I don't know. Cars 20, come with like twenty stations. presets. Yeah. 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 Granted, the familiarity, if I had, was in it that long. For sure, but I do agree. But you're, the problem it's is, on a test just, drive situation, you're not in it that long. It's not That's just the the tune knob. It's whatever other controls are on the far side of the touchscreen. The bigger the touchscreen gets, the further away those controls are. Like you said, some right. of them are like only the passenger well, can reach. There's one thing: it's voice control. Voice control should get better. You sound yeah, like I'm John Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's no reason voice control can't be better. Or I should give it I've more already went on that. All right, let's just end uh, the podcast. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even like this talking to worse. people. I certainly don't want to sit in my car and talk to Ed all day. <laughs> Especially if it doesn't understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> it needs to install a punching bag horn button if that's the case. Let's, all right, sounds somewhere. like a great place to end this podcast. <laughs> So, I would like to thank our audio engineer, David Wainwright, our podcast creator, Bob Mixter, producer Joe Lago, and of course, our studio audience. Thanks for uh, checking us out, and be sure to uh, check us out uh, on our actual TV show, as well as on the internets and uh, everywhere else you can find us. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, State Farm, and WeatherTech. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.